Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Friday, December 2nd. Let's jump into today's top stories. During today's Board of Trustees meeting, Austin PAD Gerald Harrison outlined his plan for the governors to join the FBS ranks by 2025. We're trying to follow the university's strategic plan of being bold. If you're not going to be bold, then why do it? I don't want to run from Clarksville. This is our home. We want everyone here to take pride in it. Several decades ago, Austin P was sitting here in Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee State where its brothers. Those two schools made a bold decision to move to FBS. Austin P had an opportunity and didn't do it. It was easy to be comfortable. I don't know any successful business that survives just being comfortable. It's going to require very diligent steps on our part that we'll have to take one at a time. But this is the path that we are on and we're excited about that. On potential conference affiliation, we want to be in an FBS conference. Don't get me wrong, financially, we're not going to try to join a conference in the Northeast. We're very happy in the ASUN. We're not overjoyed that we lost two members as soon as we walked in the door. But we'll see where this goes. Samford AD Martin Newton chats with D1 Ticker and connects Kristen Ergel about hosting an FCS playoff matchup. For the first time in school history, the impact this year's successful football season has had on fundraising, what initiatives the Bulldogs have undertaken to boost attendance and the overall momentum of the athletic department, with conference titles in not only football, but also volleyball and women's soccer. Check out the full Q&A on Connect. Texas Tech has so far raised $81 million of its $100 million goal to support $200 million in renovations to the south end zone at Jones AT&T Stadium. Red Raiders Senior Associate AD for Finance and Administration Jonathan Botros stating, That's not really as big a concern of mine. It just means we may pay a little more capitalized interest during the construction. The concern would be if we don't hit it the $100 million target at all, which we do not anticipate, by the time the project is complete, at which time Texas Tech will be purchasing the property back from Red Raider Facilities Foundation. The purchase price will be essentially the balance of the construction loan that we have. Level 1 of the four-level building, included in the project will house a 7,200-square-foot field-level club for game day viewing, locker rooms, press conference rooms and a recruiting lounge. Level 2 will feature loge boxes, Level 3 will house coaching offices, and the top level will be premium suites. TTU plans to use revenue from the new suites, club seats and loge boxes to pay off the full $200 million. With the college football playoff officially set to expand, USA Today's Dan Wolken argues it's time to cut the players in. Some media experts have predicted that the new-look playoff could be worth as much as $2 billion annually. If you just took 10% of that total, $200 million, and distributed it across the 12 playoff teams and divided it equally among the players on the active rosters you'd come out, with around $135,000 per player. Though pay-for-play isn't expressly allowed by the NCAA, there is no prohibition on marketing deals. And the college football playoff is nothing if not an independent marketing arm of college football that just so happens to host the sport's biggest postseason games. Wolken goes on to note the gradual lengthening of the season and the grind of the four-team CFP exposes players to more and more health risks for no significant change in their compensation. As head coaching salaries balloon to $8 million, $9 million for the elite teams, it's hard to reconcile yet another major cash infusion into college football without players getting a piece. 
Extra Points Matt Brown analyzes SWAC Commissioner Charles McClellan's projection that, based on last year's revenue numbers we will rank first of all of FCS. Given where we are with our television contracts in five years, we will actually surpass two FBS conferences and they might have the ability to up their numbers. According to McClelland, the SWAC distributed more than $9 million to its 12 members, not including Jackson State keeping profits from the SWAC championship game, which would come out to around $750,000 per school, however, Brown notes the Knight Newhouse database shows Arkansas Pine Bluff claiming roughly $720,000 in conference distributions, a category that includes media rights, in FY20, as did Jackson State. But Alabama A&M, a fellow SWAC member, reported just $67,500 that year. Grambling didn't report any. That doesn't mean that Dr. McClelland isn't being truthful here, just that trying to itemize conference distributions based on public disclosures is challenging. With Conference USA schools projecting revenue of $700 to $800,000 per school, via their media rights deal and Mac schools earning $600,000 over the course of their current TV deal, Brown notes it's possible the SWAC, once it inks a new media rights deal, could very well distribute more media rights revenue per school than either CUSA or the Mac, if only for a year or two. Still, given FBS program's ability to earn more from guarantee games, Brown concludes it's harder for me to see a world where the SWAC could pay out more money in total than a lower-level FBS school. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Friday, December 2nd. Have a fantastic weekend!